sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Mark Crutcher, and as you heard, lurking nearby, as she always is, is Sarah Waits. Hello, everyone. We've had kind of springtime weather here in Texas, 80 degrees yesterday, and supposed to be about that today, so. As soon as we get used to it and we start packing up our sweatshirts, it'll get cold again, so. No, I'm hoping that we're done with that nonsense for a while. How long have you been living in Texas, Mark? <laughs> have you hit your head recently? A lot longer than you. <laughs> yeah. Then you should know better. <laughs> Is yeah, that saying I, hope springs eternal? <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it snow in, in April yeah. in this area. People yeah. in other parts of the country would laugh at us. They say you got snow. Yeah. You got an inch of snow. Anyway, last week we talked about the fact that the 2020 elections were not the Armageddon mm-hmm. that a lot of people think it was. That in other than the presidential situation, which we didn't lose that election, it was just stolen. But other than that, we had enormous victories all over the country, mm-hmm. in states all over the country, and in um, governorships and so forth. And what this has led to is what we discussed last week is a explosion in the number of pro-life bills that are being considered by state legislatures. Mm-hmm. And just using one example here in Texas, there's seven bills right now mm-hmm. in the legislature that are being considered, and they go everywhere from just regulating abortion clinics to out-and-out ban on abortion. Yeah, Huffington Post reported around 380, I believe, bills that that. were up for being voted on. Of course, they're lamenting it. Yeah, they were lamenting it because it's the Huffington Post, right? Right. Yeah, and they are radically pro-abortion. Along with Vox and Mother Jones. and I mean, they're not even disguising themselves as reporting it. No, they're out. They're part of the team now, the abortion industry team. In this environment that we're in right now, There are some things that we need to keep in mind in this new environment. First off, let's make sure people understand what it means to be Mm pro-life. When you say you're pro-life, that means you agree that the unborn child is a living human being. Yes, exactly. That's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And that basically they're no different morally at any stage of the pregnancy, whether you're talking about a second after fertilization right up to the ninth month. Mm Mm-hmm. Morally, they're no different than a five-year-old or a 50-year-old. Well, and I'd pose the argument, too, if you took that same baby, regardless of how developed it was, and you just moved them outside the womb, that was the only physical difference. Yeah, right. What changes? Once they're outside the womb, then it becomes illegal. But yeah. right inside the womb, there's no physical difference, and all of a sudden that's morally it's just, acceptable it's just, under uh, our law? It's just location. Yeah. Where are they? So that's the true pro-life position. Mm-hmm. And... Now we have a lot of people coming out here claiming to be pro-life. Mm-hmm. But well, they may believe they're pro-life. They may honestly believe it. Yeah. yeah. But they have exceptions. It's rape and incest, you know, threat through the mother's life, health mm-hmm. of the mother, you know, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes pro-lifers buy into this under misguided information or misguided priorities. Well, it's what I call the bastardization of compassion. They mm-hmm. think it's compassionate to put out these exceptions. Mm -hmm. But my argument, I mean, my approach to this has always been, if someone tells me I'm pro-life, but I think abortion should be allowed for rape and incest, I say, okay, so what you're saying is you're pro-life because you believe the unborn child's a living human being. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is if they were conceived in rape, it's okay to kill them. 
right? Mm -hmm. So you paraphrase their position yeah. to what it really means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pro-life, but, but it's okay to kill babies who were conceived in rape. Or I'm pro-life, but it's okay to kill babies if they've got Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. Or I'm pro-life, but it's okay to kill babies early in the pregnancy. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't wait too long, you can go ahead and kill them off early on. And when you do that paraphrasing, you expose, even to them, and sometimes they'll get in fights with you and arguments with you mm -hmm. because they don't like being exposed. But the fact is you expose what a fraud the whole pro-life with exceptions position is. And you're not changing what they're saying. You're just breaking it down and taking away the fluffy, flowery language right. that they use to rationalize it. The spin that they put on it. Mm -hmm. You're taking away the spin. Yeah. There is no way you can claim to be pro-life mm -hmm. with exceptions. There's no such position. You're yeah. either pro-life or you're not. Mm -hmm. If you say, I'm pro-life, but I think abortion should be allowed in these particular circumstances, whatever it might be, really what you are is pro-choice with limits. Mm -hmm. You're not pro-life with exceptions because there's no such position as that. Either you're pro-life or you're not. But you cannot say, I'm pro-life, honestly say, I'm pro-life, but it's okay to kill this group of babies over here. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? You yeah. Know? But now we've got another problem here. I wrote years ago about my theory about the issue of can you justify supporting incremental legislation, for example. Mm-hmm. And I think that the pro-life movement made a fundamental mistake early on mm -hmm. in the first months after this battle started. We thought, not all of us here, some of us weren't even born. You weren't even born at the time. Yep, don't, but put, when it, I don't say, put it on me. But when I say <laughs> we, I mean the pro-life movement thought mm -hmm. that we would have a better chance of selling our position to the public if we appeared reasonable. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, we'll take... Abortion should be allowed under these trying circumstances or hard well, cases. And let's be clear. What incremental legislation means is that there's pro-life bills, but exceptions for things such as rape, incest, health of the mother. That's yeah, incremental. life of the mother. Yeah, yeah, those sort of things. So we thought that we would have a better chance of selling our position if we took this quote-unquote reasonable mm -hmm. position. The pro-aborts at the same time said, to hell with that. Yeah. They have never once... Not once have compromise. they offered compromise. Yeah. It's always been us who's expected to compromise. And then we look up and we're upset with right. where we are at this point. And here's why I say we made a mistake. And, of course, I bring a marketing background to this. Mm -hmm. For example, I spent many years in the auto industry. It's very well known in marketing. When you have a customer comes on the lot and they talk to a salesman, mm -hmm. when I was running car dealerships, I could look out on the lot and see a salesman dealing with a customer and... I could tell very often that the guy has no chance of selling them a car. Yeah. Because I look out there and he's showing them this car and then he's showing them this one over here and then he's showing the truck and then he's showing them a van and then he's showing them this. He's giving them too many options. Yeah. He's not focusing in on what the customer needs and what they want and show them that vehicle that fills those needs. He's all over the lot. And what he's doing is he's creating confusion in the mind of the customer. Mm -hmm. He's also creating a phenomenon in the mind of the customer where the customer suddenly changes his attitude toward the issue of buying a car to saying, I want to make sure I buy the right car mm -hmm. to I'm scared to death and make the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. And the inevitable result of that is they don't decide. Mm -hmm. They don't buy anything. Oh, we're just going to keep what we got. What the customer is saying is I'm so scared of making a bad decision. This guy has confused me so much that I'm just not going to make any decision. Mm -hmm. If you apply this to the pro-life issue, 
when this thing started and the parole boards came out here and they stuck to a position, which we still stick to to this day, unrestricted abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy for a girl of any age without parental consent for any reason whatsoever, for no reason whatsoever, paid for with tax dollars. Mm -hmm. That's our position. Mm -hmm. We, on the other hand, confused the customers. Mm -hmm. We said, well... We abortion wanna, is bad, uh, except in these cases. We'll look the other way. Well, and so now the customer says, okay, I can take the pro-choice position, mm-hmm. total 100% abortion, or I can take this exception for the life of the mother, or I can take exception for the life of the mother and health of the mother, or I can take rape and incest, or just incest, or just rape, or fetal deformity, or whatever. And so now you've created that confusion and in t- the mind of the customer. And in our effort to appear reasonable, we're almost validating the other side and making it seem yeah. like they have a point when we cave to them and be like, oh, yeah, in the case of rape or incest, yeah, this is a horrible situation. Abortion can serve her needs. Well, right? I've heard people say the difference is where you draw the line. Mm-hmm. The pro-lifers are willing to take these things, but they want to stop these. Make and a the- reference to the Bible. In other words, we've become lukewarm, right? Right. That's the- exactly right. Yeah, the water you spit out. And the result of this is that the American people have decided not to decide. Mm -hmm. They've basically withdrawn. The problem that we face today is we're stuck with this. Mm -hmm. We can't get out of it now. If we had started out on day one, let the abortion industry lay out their 100% pro-abortion position, we're going to lay out a 100% pro-life position. I guarantee you we would have won this battle within the first five years. If we had forced the American people to choose between abortion right up to the moment of birth Mm -hmm. for no reason whatsoever or any reason whatsoever. Impartial birth abortion. Any girl, any age, Mm -hmm. paid for tax dollars. If that was on one side and on the other side was no abortion whatsoever, even in cases of rape, incest, threat to the mother's life, we would have won. That would have appeared to be the more reasonable position. We could have forced the issue and we could have won it. Mm -hmm. But now... It's too late to go back and do that. Yeah. We're stuck with the position that we took. Now, I want to make a couple of points here. We have to understand the difference between advocating a position mm-hmm. and supporting a position. There's a difference between those two. Especially as it relates to a bill with uh, exceptions. And, and, yeah, that's what I'm talking about in politics. If you advocate a bill that says... It should be exceptions for rape, incest, and so forth. The George Bush mm-hmm. position. You're yeah. not pro-life. I said it constantly throughout his pregnancy. Um, pregnancy Throughout his presidency, <laughs> yeah. he is not pro-life. Yeah. We knew that when he was here in Texas. We knew it when he was president of the United States. Mm-hmm. Because he advocated that position. Yeah. Now, if Bush had come out and said, look, I'm 100% pro-life. I think every abortion is a murder and should be stopped. But if I get a bill that stops 90% of the abortions or 98% of the abortions, I'm going to sign it if that's all we can get, and then we'll go out the next day and we'll start trying to get the remaining 2 or 3%, whatever it is. Yeah, because you're supporting a bill knowing that you're going to come back and you're going to try and save right. more, and until that time, babies are going to be saved. But you got to understand that distinction between advocacy and support. Mm-hmm. The support you can even say is reluctant support. Yeah. Right? And let me draw you a couple of analogies here. We have a massive problem in this country with traffic-related events in which somebody, an innocent person, loses their life. Mm -hmm. And you have these organizations like MAD and there's others out there that are trying to pass laws to deal with this situation. 
We used to have the standard in Texas was 0.1% blood alcohol level. Mm-hmm. You were considered drunk. Now it's 0.08. Now it's 0.08. And that has saved a certain number of lives in that gap because you can prosecute people. Plus, we've ratcheted up the penalties for this. In Texas right now, my understanding is if you get a drunk driving conviction, mm-hmm. The average cost of dealing with that is around fifteen dollars to $17,000. Oh, it's expensive. And you lose your license. and All you kinds to, of you, problems. You have to all sorts of things you have to deal with. Right. Sometimes they mandatory put breathalyzers in your car so once you get your license back. So we've, through incremental legislation, mm-hmm. we're dealing with this as best we can. Yeah. But when, let's say MAD comes out here and there's a, if there were a bill today to lower it from 0.08 to 0.07, mm-hmm. just one-tenth of 1% lower, mm-hmm. MAD would support that. Yeah. All the anti-drunk driving people would support that. But that doesn't mean that they think it's okay to drive with a yeah. .07 yeah, blood alcohol been, level. They've been pushing for .05 for a while. Yeah, their goal would be .0000, yeah. Yeah. which would be my goal as well. But just because they might come out here and say, right now in Texas, we can't get .000. We mm-hmm. can get .07 or .05, mm-hmm. and we're going to take that for right now, but we're going to come back the next week. And we're going to be right back fighting this thing again. They're not advocating. Drinking and driving. Right. They're supporting what they can get when they can get it. Mm -hmm. There was a movie some years ago called Schindler's List about a man Mm -hmm. named Oscar Schindler. And he was credited with saving in excess of 3,000 Jews in Nazi Germany. And he was an industrialist, owned a big company, and he would employ these people and sneak them out of the country and so forth. Now, Oscar Schindler always lamented the fact that he couldn't save them all. Yeah. But he saved Mm 3,000. Now, he didn't go to work in the morning and say, if I can't save them all, I'm not going to save any. And his not saving all of them was not considered support for what was going on. It was just the best that he could do. It's the best. It's all he could do at the time. Mm -hmm. And he was a good Catholic businessman. There's statues of him now in Israel because of what he did. Mm -hmm. He was a hero. But... He didn't save them all, but like you were saying, when he said, I can't save them all, but I'll save the ones I can, I can't put everybody on my list. Mm -hmm. So I have to leave some people off my list. Mm -hmm. He wasn't saying it's okay to kill those people that are not on the list. Well, imagine you work for a fire department, and the policy of your fire department is that you're not going to put out any fires in these buildings unless you can save every single person in the building. Yeah. And be like, oh, no, well, we can't save every person. We'll just wait until the next fire comes along that we can save everybody. Yep. And I want to point something out that we've talked about here. We talked about it a little bit last week. In 1992, there were 2,126 freestanding abortion clinics in America. Mm-hmm. They were doing 1.7 million abortions a year. Yeah. Today, there are about 500 abortion clinics left, and they're doing less than a million. Still obscenity but 600,000 babies being butchered. But what that means is... Babies are being saved. I'm an optimist. You don't look at the half empty. You look at the half full. That means there's people walking around now who would have been been killed. Right. And you can't discount the value of those lives saved. We're killing right now, per day, not total in a year, per day, 3,000 fewer babies than we were killing in 1992, Mm -hmm. if you just look at the numbers. And... Part of that, not all of it, but part of that is due to incremental legislation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we can't discount that because if we say that that was wrong to do, mm-hmm. then what we're saying is we were wrong, wrong to, save, to those people. save those babies. Yeah. So you can't make that argument. And to a certain degree, if you think about it, 
like the analogy to drunk driving and Oscar Schindler and so forth, the pro-life movement already operates on this principle in other areas, just mm-hmm. not in politics. Yeah. For example, sidewalk counselors mm-hmm. and CPC volunteers, counselors at CPCs. Their focus is on one by one. Right. And they know you're not going to save them all. Yeah. You're not even going to save a small percentage. Mm-hmm. You're going to save a tiny percentage. Most of the women that come to that abortion clinic with their sidewalk counselors in the front, they still go in and kill their baby. Yeah. And you have to accept that when you're a sidewalk counselor that you can't win them all. If you're doing sidewalk counseling, that's a thankless job. I'm telling you, these people are heroes that are out in front of these abortion mills. But the pro-life movement doesn't look at these sidewalk counselors and say, well, you're not pro-life because you're not saving them all. Yeah. So why then do we apply that standard in the political environment, which Mm -hmm. is what I don't understand? Yeah. And I think what we need to do is recognize that, again, going back to the difference between advocacy and support. Mm -hmm. If someone's position is 100% pro-life, no exceptions, and that's their goal Mm -hmm. is to see that happen. But they have a difference with you over how we get there Mm -hmm. to that position. That does not make them your enemy. Yeah. The people who are killing the babies and advocating the killing of the babies and defending the killing of the babies, they are the enemy. They're not our opponents. Mm -hmm. They are our enemies. Make no mistake about it. And we don't need to be demonizing Mm -hmm. other people that are ostensibly on our side. Yeah. But there is something that we need to mention in this deal of incremental legislation. There are a few tripwires or danger zones that we have to be aware of. And one of them is this... Not the life of the mother, but the health of the mother. Because when you look at the definitions for the health of the mother, it's very vague, even going back to Doe right. versus Bolton. Well, the problem is it's very broad. Mm-hmm. You look at the, in Doe versus Bolton, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, the language is, defines health. And it was the Doe versus Bolton issued the same day as Roe versus Wade. Quietly. Very behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Doe versus Bolton said in the light of all factors, physical, emotional, psychological, familial, and the woman's age, relevant to the well-being of the patient, all of these factors may relate to health. I want to direct you to an article that just came out by Reuters saying, Polish doctors torn over mental health as grounds to bypass near-total abortion ban. Now, recently, Poland has changed their abortion law, so now it is illegal except in cases of rape, incest, or a threat to a mother's life and... Health, right? Not just life and health. They put an example in here of a 29-year-old woman named Paulina who learned that her baby had no kidneys and would die at birth. She decided that she needed an abortion because she couldn't go through the grief, is what she stated. So she went to a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist argued on mental health grounds that she needed to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. Now, Paulina is now one of around a dozen women, estimated by Reuters, who has managed to get an abortion on these similar grounds since January. And according to Michael, and I'm not going to pronounce his last name because I'm going to butcher it so bad, he said, I've seen opinions like, I'm anxious and I don't want to give birth. A government minister and member of socially conservative United Poland grouping, allied with ruling law and justice party, told Reuters, I don't think we should count such instances, which are there simply to go around the rules. Well, somebody might say, well, yeah, that's Poland. That's not America. We've seen law review articles. I remember a specific law review article several years ago that was written Mm -hmm. by a woman who was saying, if we get to the situation where the antis, as they call the pro-lifers, where the antis are able to outlaw abortion except for the life of the mother, Mm -hmm. our fallback position is... 
for any woman who wants to have an abortion to claim that she will commit suicide yeah. if she's not allowed to have that abortion. In other words, now you can legally say that that pregnancy threatens her life. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is the game that the pro-aborts will play. Yeah. If you leave them one crack in the door. It becomes a giant loophole. They will go through it. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to have a total ban. That has to be your ultimate goal is to have a total ban. Mm-hmm. And then you have to lay out the best, quickest way you can get to that position. But you have to also be careful for these bills that you're seeing that include these loopholes like this, which can be basically made it so that no babies are well, saved. Yeah, and another risk that comes along with this, mm-hmm. I have seen situations where there have been incremental bills proposed mm-hmm. in a state where the pro-aborts knew they probably had not much chance of defeating it. Yeah. And so instead of mounting a kind of a Don Quixote uh, effort, <laughs> yeah, uh, tilting at windmills, they don't have mm-hmm. any chance of stopping it, they'll come back out and try to appear reasonable and said, well, we can go along with this as long as we're allowed to add this particular piece of language to the bill. And it seems real innocuous to someone that's not familiar with the law. Mm-hmm. And what the language that they add does is it establishes in state law a right to abortion except under these circumstances. So in other words, you'll never able to come back and do anything more. And mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. They're saying, we're going to use this bill that we can't defeat anyway. We're going to use it to establish the fundamental principle that there is a right to abortion in our state. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful with these bills. And I'm not saying you just blindly support any kind of incremental legislation that comes along. Yeah, You better go over it with a fine-tooth comb and a magnifying glass and, and look at it real closely because these godless degenerates in the abortion lobby are very crafty. Yeah. They're very dishonest. Well, they're defending abortion. Once you pass that Rubicon, anything is possible. Everything's yeah. on the table at that point. Yeah. And what we have to do is we have to be very wise and look at these things and say, we'd be better off not supporting that incremental bill because it establishes a right to abortion. Yeah. And keep in mind, the pro-choicers in, the, in all the states around the country know that Roe versus Wade is on the way out the door, and they're trying to codify Roe into the state constitutions. And once Roe is overturned, depending on how it's overturned, if it's overturned on a state's rights issue, then all those state constitutions and their opinion on abortion kick in. Right. Yeah, we got to be very careful. And that's why, you know, this is kind of a scriptural thing. Mm-hmm. Be gentle as dove and wise as serpents. Yeah. This is the place where you have to be wise as serpents. Well, what's that old story about the snake needing across the There's river? A, a snake needing cross, and he talks a rabbit yeah. into taking him across the river on his back. And the rabbit says, no, you're just going to bite me. He says, no, no, I'm not going to bite you. And he gets over to the other side and, and he bites him. And kills and he him. says, you knew what I was the moment right. you let me on your back. The rabbit is in the throes of dying, and he says, I helped you across the river. Why'd you bite me? You You, knew what I was. You knew I was a snake when you let me on your back. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same thing here. We've got to be very wary of all this stuff. But the main thing is to understand, I'm going to go back to it again, understand the distinction between support and advocacy. Those are two different concepts. People use those interchangeably a lot, but they're not interchangeable. They are totally different. Now, I want to issue a warning here to pro-lifers, especially those who might be new to the political process. Mm-hmm. And the swampiness that's involved. Even by people on our side, or who claim to be on our side. Mm-hmm. Don't get al- aligned with, avoid becoming aligned with, at all cost, 
these more pro-life than thou people that are now floating to the top. We've seen this before in the pro-life movement. And most often what you see when you start investigating some of these people, and these are newcomers to the pro-life movement who look over at people who've been in it for 30 or 40 years and say, stand back, you're not really pro-life, I'll show you how to do this. I'll show you, we'll take it from here. Mm -hmm. You're not really pro-life because you do this, this, this. It's happened to me personally in the past where they've done this. And you say, hey, let me ask you a question. I've been in this 35, 40 years. What were you doing about abortion five years ago? Well, God hadn't laid it on my heart yet. I had not become, you're lying. God's laid it on everybody's heart. Mm -hmm. It's just that some hearts ignore it, and you're one of those. Don't give me that nonsense. But all of a sudden now, they're more pro-life than thou. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you very often see is that these people recognize the guilt that they have from having stood around and watched 50 or 60 million babies being butchered and not doing anything about it. So now all of a sudden they're the experts and they've got this more pro-life than thou attitude. Avoid these people like the plague. And one of the things that you'll find, and this is sad, but I've seen it time and time again. I've seen it over the years. This thing kind of crops up every few years. We get Mm -hmm. a new crop of these people coming out. They're not really trying to save babies. They're trying to save themselves. What will happen is a state or a city will try to pass legislation that imposes restrictions that will save some babies. It won't save them all, but they'll save some, and they'll come out there and say, no, we won't support this. Nobody pro-life should support this because it doesn't support all babies. And what happens is sometimes those bills don't get passed. They die because the legislatures look at it and say, hey, even these pro-lifers are disagreeing. Yeah, saying this is a bad bill. And again, this is like someone walking up to a fire department saying, how dare you going in there trying to save what lives you can from this burning building, knowing that you can't save them all. You should only go into buildings where you can save everybody. That's the only metric that will make you truly a firefighter. It's worse than that. Because in the firefighting example, it's like somebody accusing that fireman of saying, you can't save them all. So what you're saying is that some of them deserve to die in the fire. Yeah, You're only going to save a few of them. And so you're saying that some of these people deserve to die in the fire. That's not what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You're saying, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to do the best that I can possibly do. And if I'm driving down the street and I see a house on fire and I happen to know that in this house there's children there, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in there and get who I can. Yeah. Now, if the fire engulfs and you can't get all of them, I'm not going to feel guilty and I'm not going to let somebody else come in and Monday morning quarterback me mm-hmm. and say, well, you didn't save all of them. So what you were saying is those other babies. Or block me from going in to save lives. Right. Standing in front of the door blocking right. me. And we saw this just last week here in Texas with one of the bills where some people who claim to be pro-life were down there testifying against this bill. Mm-hmm. And I looked at one of these people and he had like his daughter there, 12 or 13 year old daughter there testifying against this bill. Mm-hmm. And you know that these legislators are sitting there saying, yeah, these pro-lifers can't get their act together. I'm not going to vote for this bill. I'm going to be attacked even by the pro-lifers. I'm certainly going to be attacked by the pro We're We're supposed to be their base, right? This, right? These are supposed to be their voters. And you see these people testifying. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at that guy, and I don't know him. I never heard his name before. But I guarantee you, if we dragged him out of the legislature down there and said, tell me what you were doing to stop abortion five years ago, it was nothing. 
Yeah. He was doing nothing. But all of a sudden, he's the more pro-life than thou. He's the guy that can tell the rest of us, stand back. You don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It's an obscenity. Mm-hmm. And we've got to be on lookout for these people. Yeah. And don't let them lead you down the garden path. Well, and since states are taking up the mantle to fight abortion, I would recommend everybody go listen to episode four of our podcast. It's got a bold plan to end legalized abortion. And it can be done... In your state, it can start there. So go listen to the episode. If you like it, go share it with somebody you know who may know somebody who may know somebody. Just start the chain. Get it out there so or we can get this to somebody. You can go to our website and read the Constitutional Showdown mm-hmm. under the reports and projects. Yeah. Link to that's going to be in the bio. And if you like the podcast, I'd recommend that you go ahead and follow the podcast. We're on a bunch of different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. The list goes on. And... While you're there, please give our podcast a rating or even a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, and then share it with your friends. Send it to all your friends and let them see it. Mm -hmm. And we're on all these platforms. How long that'll last, (laughs) we don't know. We don't know. That's another battle we have to face. The Underground Pro-Life Podcast Network. Right. (laughs) Who knows? Anyway, thank you for joining us, and we will see you next Thursday. Until then, remember, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm -mm, We're here to win. Because winning is how the killing stops. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys.